started. So, Lord, I thank you so much for your truth. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for challenging us. And, God, I ask that you help me to say what you have placed on my heart. Help me to speak it with wisdom. Help me to speak it with love and to speak it effectively and open the hearts of every single lady so that this word will take root and it will do a good work in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to start with, we're, we're still calling this table time. So we're coming to the table and um, I'm pulling out Isaiah, the beginning of Isaiah. <laughs> You're up late too, Brianna? Well, good. Welcome to this table time. We will enjoy us a little, a little table time together before bedtime. So Isaiah says, come, let us reason together. And I've been saying that for the last few weeks on Monday. Come, let us reason together. So let's reason some things out. And tonight we're going to come to the table. We're going to count the cost. We're going to make sure that, that what we are doing and the decisions we are making are the right decisions. So even though it's just me, you, and Mary, Brianna, I'm not preaching to y'all. <laughs> All right, this is for everybody else. Okay, so um, I'm going to be in Luke, in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 33, and I'm going to read the words of Jesus, okay? These are Jesus' words. It says, Now large crowds were going along with Jesus. Notice here, it was large crowds. Jeannie, you're up late. Wow. Hey, girlfriend. So now large crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them. Now, you would think that if he had a large crowd, don't you think that he would soften his words? Don't you think he would try to get politically correct and, and try to please the crowd? No. Jesus was not interested in being popular. He was interested in the complete redemption of of the people that he came to redeem. So he had a large crowd following him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, he uses the word hate, H-A-T-E. Let me tell you what that means here. So you don't um, turn me off and shut me up and stop listening to Jesus, okay? The word hate here, I looked it up, the Greek word actually means to love less, okay? To love less than. So he's not telling you to have hate in your heart. So he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life. And what he's saying is if you don't love less than me. So he's saying, if you don't, if you come to me, but you don't love your father less than me, you don't love your mother less than me, you don't love your wife or husband less than me, which with this group, it's going to be husband. You don't love your husband less than me. You don't, if you are not willing to love your children less than me, if you are not willing to love your brothers, I'm looking on my computer screen is why I keep looking to the side. If you're not willing to love your brothers and your sisters less than me, and he ends it with this. And yes, even if you are not willing to love your own life less than me, you cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. So he's looking at all these people that are following him. He's got a big crowd and he says, okay, all of you, I see you coming after me. I see you following me, but I have a message for you. You're, it's not going to work. 
You're not going to be my disciple unless you are willing to love me more than the most important people in your life. Unless you are willing to love me more than yourself. Let's invert that. Let's say it another way. Unless you are willing to love everyone and everything else less than you love me. Why did Jesus say this? Because it's not the things that you hate in life. It's not the trouble in your life that will cause you to lose out in your walk with God. It's the things you love that can cause you to lose out in your walk with God. It can be the pleasure. And as I said Wednesday night, the overdose of good things in our lives that cause us, as Jesus put it, it chokes out the word. Okay, let me keep reading. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my Bible now and off of my um, computer screen. So he says, For which one of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and isn't able to finish everything, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king won't first sit down to consider whether he is able with 10,000 to confront the one coming against him with 20,000? So what he's saying here is what man that's going to build a skyscraper does not sit down at the table first and count the cost? What king before he sends his men out to war doesn't first count the cost. So it's table time. And tonight we're going to come reason together and we're going to count the cost. So I have four questions for you. Okay. Four questions. Number one, I would really, really like for everyone to literally take a piece of paper and a pen and actually write these questions down and literally answer them, okay? Because as a pastor, you got to understand, I know I don't pastor everybody that gets on fight time, but I have a pastor's heart. My husband has a pastor's heart too. And we are really, God is not letting us leave this certain theme that is on our hearts right now. And we see so many people that are plagued with the deceptive belief, the deception that they can have the best of both worlds. And I am, I am heartbroken and saddened at the fact that, that religion and Christianity has actually presented to people this very scary, deceptive doctrine that says you can have the world and you can have Jesus too. You can have the best of the world and the best of Jesus too. And that is not what Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches that he will bless you with abundant life. But he teaches that you have to be willing to abandon everything in the world and forsake it all in order to follow him. So before I ask these four questions, let me say what's at the very top of my notes. The invitation from Jesus for us to follow him is a privilege. It is a, it is the fact that he looks at us and walks by us and says, Hey, so-and-so follow me. 
the fact that he puts the invitation out there, hey, Brianna, I want you to follow me. Hey, Robin, I want you to follow me. Hey, child of mine. Hey, beautiful daughter of mine. Hey, Jeannie, I want you to follow me. That is not... That is not anything less than a sheer privilege. The invitation, I'm going to say it again, the invitation from Jesus to follow him is the highest privilege that any of us could ever be getting, given. Excuse me. It is not an obligation. It is not a punishment. It is not a bad thing. It is a privilege that we should value and hold dear. If you have felt Jesus Christ sweep over your spirit lately and say, hey, beautiful child of mine, I am calling you to follow me. Then I want you to type that in the comments. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to admit it to me and everybody else that's going to be watching this. For accountability purposes, I want to know of the people that are live with me right now, have any of you recently felt Jesus say, hey, I am calling you to follow me, just like he called Matthew, just like he called Peter, just like he called Andrew, just like he called the rich young ruler to follow him. Have you felt him say, I want you to follow me? All right, ladies, write this down. I'm going to say it how I wrote it. The invitation from Jesus, and I'm going to talk about it to myself. The invitation from Jesus asking me to follow him is a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a huge privilege. It is not something to take lightly. It is not something to shrug your shoulders at. It is not something um, to just take haphazardly as if it's nothing. It's a privilege. It's a big deal. Question. Number one, are you treating it as such? Question number one, if anybody wants to type, then you can type these questions. You can, you can type out the, the invitation to follow Jesus is a huge privilege. And then question number one, for all of the ladies to take with your pen and piece of paper, am I treating the invitation to follow Jesus as the privilege that it is? question mark. Answer that honestly this week. And I will tell you, the invitation to follow him does require a response. Number two, we're going to count the cost. Number two, what is it going to cost me to follow Jesus? And answer that question. What's it going to cost me to follow Jesus. Question number three. What is it going to benefit me to follow Jesus? See if you can answer that this week. Question number four. What is it going to cost me to not follow Jesus? What is it going to cost me to not follow Jesus? In other words, to navigate my own life, to, to do things my own way, 
to call the shots, to maybe read this, but not necessarily obey it, to hear, but not necessarily follow. What's it going to cost me to not follow Jesus? And question number five, what is it going to benefit me to not follow Jesus? Let's reason together. Honestly, ladies, answer these questions. Let's ask ourselves. Let's tell ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. Am I willing to pay the price to not follow Jesus? Because I think we've maybe already kind of said it with from this angle of, am I willing to pay the price to follow Jesus? But that's not how I'm asking at this time. I think I'm asking, or I don't think, I think that it would be good for you to ask yourself this question. I know, here's how I'm asking it. Am I willing to pay the price or have I counted the cost for what it's going to cost me to not follow Jesus? Am I willing to pay the price tag that it's going to cost to not follow Jesus? Everything costs something. Everything. So following Jesus, yes, costs something, but not following Jesus costs something. What does the price tag look like for you to get to be in the driver's seat of your life forever? I'll tell you. I'm just using an example. And I wasn't planning to do this, so let's see what I've got. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. So you've got, say this is um, eternity. Okay. Say this is eternity. It's a ruler. Okay. So your life on this earth is like, I mean, less than that little centimeter right there. That's your life on this earth. And then the rest is eternity. Okay? So, yes, it's going to cost what feels like a lot to follow Jesus. It's going to cost a lot of effort and pain and inconvenience and persecution and denying yourself for this. Like, let me get the rest out of the screen. For like that much of your life. Okay, so that's the cost. That's the price. Be honest with yourself. It's going to be painful. It's it's not going to feel good. I mean, it may cost me some friends. It, it may cost me my... Um, it may, it may cost me my convenience. It may cost me my comfort. It may cost me my dreams. Okay. So now, what's the price for navigating my own life and not following Jesus and being my own, um, my own leader and in control of my own life? Okay, well, it's going to cost me all of this pain, all of this eternity. Pain, inconvenience, trouble, agony, devastation, torment. <laughs> Still going. Yeah. 
Am I willing to pay that price? And then guess what? When it gets right here, oh, that's just the beginning. It just loops around and then here we go for the second segment of eternity. That's just going to cycle infinitely. Let's count the cost. Honestly, I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy to live for God. And I know he has called us to do some things that are hard. And I know it's a sacrifice. But like my husband said yesterday, how hard was it for Jesus? To, I was reading in my Bible, they, they, they beat him in the head. They beat him in the head. He took a beating for you, for me. How hard was it to suffocate on the cross? How hard was it to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane until sweat was like blood? I mean, blood, his sweat turned into blood. The Bible says great drops of blood dripped from him because of his agony. How hard was that? And yet we act like what he's called us to do is hard. Let's go back to this. What's it going to cost you to follow Jesus? Okay, back to this tiny little bit. It's going to cost you a lot of trouble maybe and a lot of inconvenience and a, and a lot of um, sacrifice for this little segment of your life. Okay, and then what's it going to cost for you to be the leader of your life and not follow Jesus? Eternal damnation forever. Because Jesus said, if you try to save your life in this little bitty segment, you're going to lose it for eternity. Have we lost sight of eternity? To the place that everything we do, we make decisions for this much of our lives and we're not even thinking about this this much the rest that's never ending we got to count the cost what are you hanging on to right now that's going to cost you eternity because you don't love that less than you love Jesus so back to Jesus' words. If anyone comes to me and does not love less than me, his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And then he says, for which of you wanting to build a tower, would not sit down and figure out the cost. If you don't sit down and figure out the cost of the price you're going to pay for not following Jesus, you're going to make a really, really, really big mistake. And you're not going to want to pay the price behind it. So I know you love Jesus. And as my husband said yesterday, and I, I heard somebody say it, I actually shared it with him this last week. I know Jesus is in your heart. And I know you love him with all your heart. And I know you say you'll die for him. But will you live for him? And even though he's in your heart, 
Is there room for him in your life? Or do you have a whole lot of things that you love more than him? We got to count the cost. It's table time, ladies. I ask you, answer these questions. Number one, I'm going to say them again as I get ready to hang up. So the invitation from Jesus saying, follow me is a huge privilege. Number one, are you treating it as the privilege that it is? Number two, what's it going to cost you to follow Jesus? Answer that this week. Number three, what's it going to benefit you to follow Jesus? Number four, what's it going to cost you to not follow Jesus? And number five, what's it going to benefit you to not follow Jesus? If you answer these questions, you will see it right before your eyes. It's a no-brainer, ladies. What we give up in order to follow him is so worth it all. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the pressure that you're putting on us. I thank you that you're not letting us forget about eternity. I thank you, God, that you're not letting us just continue in the deception that, that we can just say we love you but not follow you and that we can have chase after the world and still spend eternity with you. I thank you, God, for how you're stirring up me and Jeremy, and how you're not letting it go. I mean, you, you just are not, you're, you're reminding us every single day and you're not letting this subject, you're not giving us relief from it. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Continue to stir us. Continue to let us feel it. In Jesus' name, amen. I was walking today and this is what, um, this is what I, I felt like the Lord was was saying, I was, I, I knew that I was going to kind of go this route for a fight time. And uh, this question popped in my head. So, so we say we can live with him and live for him for eternity, but we can't live for him on earth. We can't live for him eternally in eternity if we can't live for him temporarily on earth. If we can't do it for a short time, how are we going to do it forever? So don't fool yourself into thinking, I'll follow the world and I'll do things my own way right now. But by God's grace, I'm going to get to follow him for eternity. No, you can't tell the world you're going to fast for 40 days if you can't even fast for one. And don't tell Jesus that you can live with him eternally with him being the center of your life if you can't do it now for a short amount of time. This is the litmus test. This is the determining factor of whether or not you literally can focus on him for eternity. If you can't focus for him, on him for just a short amount of time, your life is like a vapor. How are you going to do it forever? We need to reason some things out, ladies. Don't go to hell under my watch. I love y'all. See you later. Bye.